Welcome to the first episode of the Reformed Refugees. We are going to be talking about our joys, difficulties, our questions, and our discoveries that we've had along our journey to living within a Reformed confessional community. And as a disclaimer, we are not affiliated with any particular church or any particular ministry. We are just two sisters in Christ who are hanging out in our kitchens and discussing our journey as we move along. And we we hope to invite some friends and we hope that you will grab a cup of coffee or tea and settle in and join us. I'm Lydia. And I'm Danielle. And so we wanted to discuss with you why we are calling our podcast Reformed Refugees. Um, For us, this journey has been and can be a lonely journey. And we have found within our church body of believers that many people have that same story, that they've come from different backgrounds. Um, God has led them into Reformed theology, and it's been really hard outside of the um, online world to find actual tangible people who have that same belief and so we uh, this is just kind of feels like an oasis for us like we've been searching Mm -hmm. and we just we feel like these refugees sometimes on a lonely island and we just want to invite others into this space to know that you're not alone um, that we can learn together that we can grow together and that we don't all always have it together. Yeah. And so, as Lydia had said, as our disclaimer, you know, we aren't um, we aren't educated uh, from a seminary. We may say things that we look back on later, and we're like, ooh, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have said that. Do you ever look at your Facebook memories? Yes. Like, ooh, that's really cringeworthy, as Lydia would say. <laughs> I died a little this morning when I went through my Facebook memories. I'll have to send you a screenshot of my of my former theology. So maybe this podcast will be that for us one day. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so we just want to know that we also understand that within the reformed groups of people that... This isn't an echo chamber, that we don't all believe exactly the same things, that there are small things that are not salvation issues that we're not all going to agree on. And as two women sitting here in a kitchen, we're not saying that we have it all right, but we are on a journey and we want to share that journey with you. And hey, you know what? We might say something unintentionally that offends you. We might say something that you don't agree with or that you don't believe. And you know what? That's okay. Like we give grace and we get grace, right? Mm -hmm. And so we just want to say that as well. I hope so. I hope so. We do our best to give it and we hope that as much as we do our best to give it, we receive it. And we're really, we're, we're really trying to figure this out together because we, my husband and I were sort of on our own lonely island. I love that you use the word lonely. Like that felt really validating for me because that's exactly (laughs) what it felt like. Um, We were on this island for so long and now we are finally finding real people around us in our communities that we, within driving distance, that we can get to each other's houses. And when I hear the way that you are looking back and the way that you are working through the confessions and the scripture, you know, just 
line by line and comparing it to your life and where does it fit and where do you where do you need to maybe pull something back or change something and to know that I'm not the only person going through that our backgrounds are a little different like we come out of different you know denominations or different faith traditions but there's still that common thread where you're doing a lot of the same work where you're renewing your mind yeah and you know that's another good point that we want to make is is that we are all in different places. We all have different backgrounds and experiences. And for us, we're still, I mean, here's something that I just want to say, like, we have not arrived. And by golly, I hope that if you, <laughs> if you think that you have, that you would examine yourself because, um, you know, we haven't arrived until we're, we're united uh, yeah. physically Mm-hmm. on the new earth with God, you know, um, I think, I think Sprawl even said that he didn't have it all figured out. And if he doesn't, then right? I, I like, surely do not. Yes. And so, um, we are all learning. We're all growing. Um, yeah. God at different times chooses to unveil our eyes from things and veil them from different things. And you know what? Like not every issue within the reformed belief is going to be an issue that we will thoroughly cover or maybe even cover at all. Maybe we haven't been exposed to it. And yeah. We would love to hear from people who have been. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to be challenged in love and grace mm-hmm. on things that we believe or things that we haven't even thought of. Yeah, this imagery of the of the refugees and, I mean, just really think about what that felt like when you first when you first showed up. And you saw somebody else and it's like you were stranded on this island by yourself for so long. And then there's like another real life person for you to fellowship with. And just how wonderful that that felt. That's what we're looking at. We're not we're not doing a theology podcast. That's not what we're about. We're we're looking at people's stories and what it was like for them to get from where they were to where they are. Yeah. And we're not saying that it won't ever be about theology because you know what? Like there is some things in Reformed theology that yeah. we're not fully versed on and, and maybe we'll come across that. But the things that we hope to cover and contribute to with this podcast, um, we want to talk about different you know lifestyles within the Reformed community, different traditions that are not mandates in the Bible, but you know, celebrating Reformation Day or Tenebra, which is actually this Friday. Um, well, it can be Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. We're doing it on Friday. <laughs> Just going to put that in there. But, you know, this will be my first service. Lydia, this will be her second service. And so on our next podcast, we're going to recap. And um, I'm excited yep. to give a, an account of, like, what my first experience was. But, you know, we want to interview people who have maybe yeah. been reformed for a long time, if we can find them, because this is a resurgence the yeah. Reformation belief is a fairly new resurgence. It's not a new, it's not a new belief system, but it's finding its way back in to um, the culture, the American culture, American culture, yeah. yeah. And then you know there are so many people for us within our church body that ha- are are new. You know, we have a friend who we hope to interview soon that her and her husband were Amish. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, through the grace of God, you know, they became reformed and, you know, the culture shock for them. And we want to talk about the emotions yeah. of coming out of um, evangelical churches or apostolic or whatever kind of church you came out of into um, this reformed church and this reformed theology 
and uh, a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor that my husband, he's so great about networking and he's trying to build these networks in our area, even between like solid Presbyterian churches and Reformed churches, so that we as, as a family of believers within the Reformed churches um, have, you know, more fellowship because yeah. it can be so lonely. And one of the pastors that he interviewed close to our area uh, he coined the phrase, so I can't take advantage, like, like I can't say that I made, up, made it up, but I'm going to use it, is um, post-traumatic, uh, charismatic <laughs> disorder. <laughs> like, we have this PTSD, and we think that, um, what's not PTSD, but PTCD, I don't know. But we think that coming out of such an, an emotional movement mm-hmm. into what can seem very um, staunch and... Um, unemotional you know there's these two things like we don't know how to act sometimes like am I being too emotional am I being led by my emotions because this is my background or like is it okay to be emotional at this point and so we're going to discuss some of those things and our experiences that's so that's so raw yeah like I hope that I hope that the the folks listening can hear that and maybe they find something in there that they identify with because it is it's jarring like where where do we fall at on this on the spectrum now from where we were to where we're going and yeah it's terrifying sometimes you know there's a the daily grace company we are not sponsored (laughs) (laughs) uh she's a it's a reformed um women's well they do have some men's bible study stuff too as well but there is a study that is called um, emotions in the heart that I just so badly want to do with mm-hmm. some women from our church and our, our daughters because we do find ourselves within reformed thinking, like even in Christianity in general, you're either on one side of the spectrum or another, like it's all emotion or you can't show any emotion because then you're being about yourself and like God created emotions and they're good things. We just have to put them in the rightful place. Mm-hmm. And so we want to discuss those things and some of the things that aren't necessarily reformed, but because of our reformed thinking and really taking a serious look at God's word and applying it to our lives in the way that he has um, commanded us to and the things in the Bible that we personally felt led to because of that, you know, we want to share some of this stuff with you guys. Um, and so with that being said, is there anything else you want to talk about within like what we hope to cover in the podcast, Lydia? No, I think that that's, I think that's really great because I'm specifically, I am looking forward to the interviews. I know we're going to, we're going to talk about some, some different kinds of new celebrations that we've experienced like Reformation Day and Tenebrae and those kinds of things. And that's exciting. And you know, like the family worship things and, and how we're doing that day to day, but it's really the stories. Yeah. Because every time, it doesn't get old, every time I hear our friends talk about where they were and where they're at now, like it just it is, it is just this wash of just gratefulness. Yeah. You know, and it, it just every time it feels like we, we first step off the island. Like, yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so excited for those interviews. Um, that's, that's my, that's my big hope for this. So. Yeah, because, you know, it's it's so neat to see God just shows his sovereignty mm-hmm. over and over. He does. And over again. When there's, it's so humbling when you look at Reformed theology and, you, and you're viewing your life, your friends' lives, mm-hmm. things that have happened, the places that we've come from. 
from God, the, the viewpoint of God's sovereignty, yeah, it's like God gets all the glory. It's yeah. humbling that he is choosing to make these changes in our lives. Yeah. And as a disclaimer, you know, we're not saying that we've done anything special. It has no. nothing to do with us. Um, but it can be so humbling to look back at our lives and where we were at and where we're at now and we still haven't arrived. But Yeah, and see where God was working all of these things together. Very clearly. <laughs> like Which at the time, I don't know about you, but I had no idea. Right. I didn't know any of this was on the horizon. I, mean, I couldn't foreshadow ref- ref- no. theology. No. But I could see in the midst of like, we'll get into it later, but mm-hmm. my late husband, um, his diagnosis, I could see god making changes in me but i was ashamed of those changes because i had been a certain person for so long and i felt like i wasn't allowed to be publicly who Mm -hmm. god was making me be because i would look Mm -hmm. like i was fake yeah um you're not that old so it's it's crazy that we put ourselves in those boxes so early yeah like we're really committed to these to these boxes but um so i i wonder if people listening are in in such a desert as we are or if there's like reformed churches everywhere, I'm like what are they talking about refugees? Right. So just to to clarify, um, where we where we live uh, and we're about an hour apart, there are two reformed churches, and the church that we attend, we have got people who drive over an hour even to get to church. We've got people who we've two different states that people drive from, so we've got people from three different states worshiping together because we're just. There's, there's no other Reformed church. And five years ago, I don't think that church was, our church was even in existence. No. Right. And so we're, we were like searching and searching and searching for somewhere to fellowship and, and be with other believers. And there just, there wasn't any way to, to connect with people yeah. outside of the internet. So it, it uh, I want to talk about my first experience, if that's okay. And then you yes. can tell you what you thought. Yes. <laughs> so just as, as a background, I grew up. Baptist, like independent, fundamental Baptist, Southern Baptist, and it was very confusing. And we can talk about some more of that when we get into um, my interview. But very legalistic, a lot of pressure to quote unquote like win souls. We were encouraged to know our Bibles inside and out, but at the same time how to apply what we were able to uh, regurgitate is that a mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yep. wasn't really wasn't really a thing it was very eisegetical it was very just you know pick the verse that sounds like it goes with that and you know run with it yeah. and Context so doesn't matter. no but the, and it's and it's wild because we would have you, you know if you would have interviewed me 10 years ago i would have said the context is king but i didn't know what that yeah actually meant and how that actually fit together and so I was coming out of a dispensational pre-trib is that a (laughs) (laughs) yeah which it's I don't I'm meeting people who don't know what that means and for the longest time I grew up thinking that this was like the only so you actually knew the definition like you knew what it was called like pre-trib yeah like we we would say but you knew like dispensational that that word did come up at one point in a bible study Uh, one of the pastors I remember on the whiteboard he was like these are different dispensations because we're dispensational but I didn't know what that meant okay 
And no, See, I never even heard the term. <laughs> yeah, and it was once, and it was like fleeting. He was, you know, working in his way through seminary as well. So I think that some of those ideas were coming up. But uh, this this uh, whole background that I came out of, I thought everyone knew these things, unless they were lost. Mm. So if somebody says, "Oh, well, I'm a Christian," I would have assumed that they knew what the pre, you know, pre, mid, post. And I'm finding people now who led these lives where they were loving the Lord out of their faith traditions who have no idea about these. Yeah. It's like a mother tongue for my my first uh, first 20 some years of my life. Yeah. It's like a it's a vernacular that the people within like you ever heard the term Christianese? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like our own Christianese. Um, so it's it's wild when I when I meet people and they don't know what that means. But that's that's kind of where I was coming from. And we were reforming. We were introduced to this, and we waited three years before we got to a church. And so uh, we Googled it one day, and there was the church. I got on the their Facebook page. I messaged them, I got a phone call back, and I was invited to the ladies group. And during the phone call, I sort of sheepishly asked, I was like, how do you guys feel about head coverings? (laughs) I love how I'm holding up my pretend phone to my ear, like anyone can see this, right? And it was like, oh, there's a couple ladies here who do that, like that's welcome, like come on in. And I just remember feeling, that was like that first wash of relief because I had been sort of secretly uh, not secretly, but like wearing sort of covert head coverings because I didn't want to rile up the church that I was in because that would not have been seen as, you know, it would have been seen as, as divisive. Yeah. So I immediately feel like there's this place for me. They're going to have a women's meeting and it's during the week, during a time that I have off. I'm so excited. And I get there and these women start using words like eschatology mm-hmm. right and soteriology and they're talking about sprawl and i'm like oh my goodness mm-hmm. these are yeah. these are they're real they're real people <laughs> they're actually here and you can't just start crying right because that's awkward but i wanted to cry oh girl i was I cried. <laughs> i was so i was so overcome and it was joy and it was gratefulness and it was it was like a release of like loneliness yeah where it was just like we're we're here like we've met other people they're here they're tangible and we're not on our own and it was it was so wonderful and that's that was our my first interaction now i don't know outwardly (laughs) how other people were experiencing me but i know that i was i was just overcome with joy that we were finally there so what what was your first experience at church? Yeah, so um, kind of like you explained your background, I'll do like a very brief, kind of crazy background for me. But you know, I grew up in church with my grandmother, which I later found out the church she attended was actually a cult. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, we'll maybe get into that. <laughs> My life, you guys, um, it's crazy as I reflect back and thank God for the things that he's protected me from, but also the exposure that I've gotten, which I'm viewing 
as a blessing that I was protected from those things, Mm -hmm. but also that I can speak about those things from a place of experience and not from a place of like people think that I'm just being biased. Mm -hmm. Because you actually witness these things firsthand without them really infiltrating your heart. Yes. Yeah. So that was my first experience with church. And then we started going to a, my grandmother as well, a, you would call like a free will Baptist church. Mm -hmm. Um, very, you know, fundamental, mm-hmm. um, very, just, there was a lot of experiences there. Same, same as you. I didn't know what dispensational was, but I knew that we believed, I didn't even know it was called pre-trib, but we definitely believed pre-trib, uh, left behind series, yeah. Kirk Cameron is King kind of thing. <laughs> um, you're all going just one day, Jesus is going to be here in the, in the blink of an eye and your clothes are going to be left behind and there's cars that are going to be crashing uh-huh. and you know, your kids going to be sitting next to you one minute and the next minute they're gone and with just uh-huh. their clothes there. And then you're going to experience these seven years where your faith is, Jesus is going to remove himself from the <sighs> world and your faith is going to be tested. And, um, you know, only true believers are going to, and it's going to be, you know, yeah. all these things. And I didn't know, like you didn't know that there was any other way of thinking. Um, there's a lot in there and we'll go into it with my interview, but there was some division in that church, um, over, just a lot of different things. And then, um, I actually went back to that church a couple times. <laughs> so fun. I've been so many places, you guys. I've been, I've been free will Baptist. I've been, um, first assembly. I went to a cult. I dated a Scientologist at one point. <laughs> I dated a Jehovah's witness at one I point. Shouldn't let, I'm sorry. I'm not. No, I mean, but it's crazy. Like you look back and you look at all these things and our pastor actually, we were doing a, a, a series after church on Sundays, our current pastor, where we're, where we're at the same church now, on cults and things like that and where they mm-hmm. went wrong. And I was explaining to him all of the things that I've been involved in and the people that I dated. And, um, you know, I worked for a Scientologist when I lived in Florida. We were like mm-hmm. two blocks from the flag and there were celebrity <sighs> clientele that were Scientologists. That I cannot wait until your interview. And I don't mean this as like a morbid curiosity, but, <laughs> but okay. I'm so interested in this because it's, th- these are some of like the bigger name, like well-known sort of cults where, yeah. and then we're going to get into some of the, and cause I think it doesn't have to be a big name to be a cult. You can no. be a little tiny country church and be, you know, oh, that's yeah. a thing. Um, and I'm excited to hear some of our friends interviews for them to talk about some of that, but yours I'm really excited for because it's just an interesting tapestry in the way that God has woven all of your different experiences into this this picture so far. And the picture's not complete, but like we're kind of like watching it, you know? Oh yeah. And I'm I'm excited and I've got a thousand questions. So I hope you're ready to be You're gonna grill me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, that I was explaining to our current pastor about, you know, all my experiences and mm-hmm. just how like Within that, I dated a Scientologist, and then when I moved back to where we're at, I dated a Jehovah's Witness, which ultimately, like, we were talking about marriage, but he wouldn't convert, I wouldn't convert, Uh like, God kept me, which was amazing, like, that protection there, because, man, what would my life look like? And then, uh, you know, when my late husband passed, you know, he was a part of the, um, is it Apostolic uh, Assemblies of God? Pentecostal. Okay. Not the Pentecostal that most people think, but Pentecostal. And then I got into holy yoga. 
and automatic writing. And I thought that I was, I didn't know that there was anything wrong with it. Very new age practices. Yeah. And, but I was really like, I had already been regenerated. Like I know. Yeah. And, and I was running from grief and all these things. And then me being called out of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we were, we were at an evangelical church is what, what God pulled us out of and planted us here. This mm-hmm. church. So I have a lot of background, <laughs> yes. um, which is crazy. But my first impression, we actually came and just visited the church because I had a the church now, the church that we're at now. Yeah. We didn't have an intention of, of changing churches because we thought like God had us, where he had us for a reason. Mm-hmm. We were pouring into people. We were leading people. Even though all the theology didn't line up, we still had an influence on people and we were being used. Yeah. And so we had a week off from serving mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, a friend of mine had invited us months before who goes to our church um, through hearing my video on holy yoga and me having to apologize to people and let people publicly know like I was mm-hmm. wrong and I was leading you in the wrong way and this is why. Yeah, which was very vulnerable of you, by the way. Like that was, I mean, that's was, a lot. It was humbling because yeah. it was just... It was all God, and I had to eat a huge piece of humble pie and apologize publicly to people. And I still have people that ask me to teach holy yoga classes, and then I have to continue to say I don't practice holy yoga anymore, which is hard. I've got so many questions for you, and I'm just (laughs) going to... Lydia's taking notes. I'm going to write this down (laughs) for your interview, yeah. So... We, so this, this girl who goes to our church now, I went to high school with her. I graduated with her sister and she had reached out through that video and invited us to where, to our reformed church that we found now. And my husband didn't want to be in an echo chamber. And so for months we didn't go. And then I, we had this week off from serving mm-hmm. and we're like, let's go, let's just do it. Let's just visit. And I know that somebody else had mentioned visiting a church. And so Brandon, my husband was like, Hey, we should just go visit a church. Yeah. He looked um, for a reformed church, and like we, like I um, have told you in the past, that we were looking at a Presbyterian church in our area, mm-hmm. and then he got on their website, and the pastor had pronouns, and he's like, okay, we're not going there. Let's go to that, that church that your friend told us about. Yeah. Let's go visit their church. So our first experience there was crazy, because one, uh, it's a family integrated service, Yeah. which I had never been a part of a family integrated service it's a wild idea yes now we had always honestly like we've always talked about we want our children in the service but to churches who have children's church it's like a slap in the face yeah to not send your children back because why aren't you trusting us this is a program for your children you know what right. i mean like why don't you want them to glue pieces of paper to popsicle sticks danielle yeah or to be <laughs> around their peers learning yeah. whatever theology we're teaching them back uh-huh. here. and so uh, that was it. That was interesting. You know, we have a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, 7-year-old, and then our youngest will be one in July, but he was only third, 14 months old at the time. Ooh. He'll be two in July. I'm sorry. I misspoke. But so it was a little bit crazy because we had all of our children in the pew. And, you know, when you're not brought up to value family time in the mm-hmm. altar, Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it very much feels like you're just managing the children. Yes. And it was a little overwhelming thinking about like, okay, what are our children going to do? How are they going to yeah. act? Like, what are, you know, are people going to mm-hmm. glare at us if our, if our son starts crying? Yeah. Because that's what we grew up with. Like, I'm not yeah. going to lie in churches that I've been in in the past. 
if your newborn is crying, everybody turns around and looks at you like, get that baby out of the service right now. How dare you have him in here? It's true. And um, so a little bit of PTSD from that as well. Yeah. But that first service, I think I cried almost the whole time. Um, my husband had been reformed for 10 plus years, mm-hmm. but had never attended a reformed church. I was just coming into reformed theology, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in my interview, all of my antagonizing yeah. of my husband and making fun of him for being um, a Calvinist and reformed and not understanding that because I was never taught theology. Yeah. But I think that the first service we attended was communion. Was it our first uh, first Sunday of the month, which is communion at the church? We uh-huh. And I just remember, <laughs> like, the holiness, the... the, yes. the um, not our holiness, but like the focus on God's holiness and mm-hmm. sovereignty mm-hmm. and taking serious like who God is and the things that he demands. It felt very worship. reverent, didn't it? Yes, the reverence. That's the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Like even in the the first time that I went in the women's, there was just a, just a reverence there. Yes. There was no like offhanded crude joking. There was yeah. no like, like this is a, we are coming to meet God. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was so overwhelming. And for us, we both left that service and it was like a veil had been ripped from our eyes and God was like, this is where you need to be. Yeah. And it was hard and it was confusing and it was scary, but it was amazing. And then they have invited us that first mm-hmm. week. Actually, you hosted a women's, the first Saturday women's thing. Oh, here. Yeah. And that was my uh, first experience with that. And so we went one Sunday and then that Friday, and I'm an extreme introvert. People don't think I am, Uh but I am. I hope you had a good time. I did. It was great. It was wonderful. Now, um, yeah, we won't go into details. Interview questions. for Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But it was really awesome. Um, And just, you know, the way that our church truly holds to this... um, idea of being a family of families if i can say that Mm -hmm. and so the second sunday i know that we're supposed to talk about our first impression but this is part of it Mm -hmm. so the second week we went back uh somebody had given us a book about parenting in the pew and it was just really neat because the back of the book said it was an older lady in our church and it said um daddy i want you to meet my children Mm. and it was such a relief because we come from a, a background that children are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. And if they're going to be in the service, they are not, you know what I mean? Like you just keep them quiet. You bring mm-hmm. them things to do and you keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. And just that an older woman was practicing a Titus II model, which I mm-hmm. never experienced before, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Now there were some women in my old church that did, but not to me personally, mm-hmm. because they were few and far between. You can't do it for everybody if you're one person. Right. But just looking and knowing that like oh somebody in this church like these women take serious this mandate from titus 2 yeah and they want our children there mm-hmm. and they want us to be teaching our children how to worship god and to be mm-hmm. a part of the service and it was unlike anything that i had ever witnessed before and um we haven't looked back <laughs> yeah so i mean it was just it was just like this this just this wash of it's it's also different and it's reverent and this is this is focused on God and not us, which yeah. is so different from like they're not adding anything and they're not taking anything away. It's just what is you know just scripture. Yeah, here's this is how a church service is supposed to be laid out. This is what scripture says. So there's the 
there's the refugee feeling of you sort of stepping off of that island onto like this cruise ship <laughs> like yeah. with other people finally right you know? yeah uh, and you're like on your destination you know um but there's that that feeling of joy but at the same time we weren't actually on islands by ourselves and we were in churches and we were in families and we were in communities and we were in our jobs and we were living a life with other people and when we stepped into reformed living and said, okay, how can I really apply scripture to my life genuinely? It, it caused, you know, for good or bad, it caused some hard separation, some hard feelings, even among the most gracious of relationships. Yeah. There are a lot of questions or, well, what do you mean? Like my interpretation's not right. Like, well, feelings. Yeah. yeah, like this just isn't, I don't know. It's how many times can you say this isn't about me and it's not about you? This is about God, and there's this uh, irresistible call yeah. <laughs> um, to to live life in a in a different in a different way. It's it can be difficult, and so it, what kind of pushback did you get? Um, I have not had many people speak anything directly to my face, but there have been lost friendships. Yeah. Um, distance, re- distant relationships. Mm-hmm. I know that from the outside looking in, people who it's it's hard because you have these relationships and you love these people, and like you said, even the most like gracious relationships. Mm-hmm. But when when you know somebody so well and you have such close relationships with this group of people, they know your heart. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They know. They know all of these things about you, and there's a sudden change in your life. To me, like, and I can't speak for for these people, but I would want to know. Like, please tell me. Like, mm-hmm. what is this, and why? Yeah. Um, and I just feel like the impression that I've gotten, especially, you know, you asked about the head covering going, which head covering is not a reformed mandate kind of thing mm-hmm. or you know just we're gonna put that out there but I started head covering I think it was the second week that we went there and oh wait I gotta tell this okay. I wrote it down and I forgot <laughs> part of my part of my first impression so I had been like God had been placing in front of me this these women mm-hmm. in this online universe <laughs> That were head covering, that were dressing mm-hmm. really modestly. Uh-huh. I was watching YouTube videos, uh, and most of the women were head covering, dressing, wearing yeah. dresses, very feminine, mm-hmm. in a very high view of femininity. Yeah. And God had been leading me for like six months before we even found this church mm-hmm. to a high regard of taking back biblical womanhood. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. fighting against the woman. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, and so the first week though, I hadn't really dove into it too much. I kind Mm -hmm. of ignored it. I'd been on this like weight loss journey after having a baby. And in the back of my head, the first thing I said to my husband, well, maybe the second thing, because we talked about the service, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I brought up head covering. I'm like, there were quite a few women head covering. And we knew that the church that we were in was a couple churches. Like they, there was like a break in a church Mm -hmm. people left and uh, I think it was like, we didn't know all the details, but a specific denomination of uh-huh. the church that they come from. And I'm like, I think the 
like that's like what they believe. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was part of their old denomination. Mm-hmm. That's why these women are wearing skirts and head covering. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know if it was. I have no, no idea. I don't think so. Okay. No. Yeah. But that was my impression. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, oh, these women they head cover and they wore skirts. Like, um, and I thought so like a missionary church or something. I mm-hmm. think. And so I thought missionary was another form. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna laugh. Like maybe Mennonite-ish. I love your vulnerability. Okay, so we were wrong, but anyway. Yes, and so I was like, yeah, they're, they're head covering. And I told, I looked at Brandon and I said, you know, I think that I just had this feeling that I'm going to lose this weight. And um, God has been like throwing in front of me all these women head covering, dressing really modest, very feminine. And that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. Just know it. Because I'll be honest, like the churches I've been at in the past, now some of them were more into modesty, but more out of control and not command from God and that. Um, But the church that we came out of, not that they're immodest, but just a different kind of modesty. Yeah. And so um, that was kind of weird. And then it was like the next week you would post it in a head covering group that I was in. That sermon. Yeah. And Brandon and I were headed up to the dunes, down to the dunes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to this, but I need to listen to this. So anyway, I started head covering the next week. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just crazy. I can't remember the guy's name. I'll have to find He's a link. Like Irish or... It, yeah. Something. It was something. Yeah. But yeah. So I know that also all of that to say, I wasn't actually getting misguided. I promise, guys, I'm circling back to this. I know that with us leaving, people know that we were reformed, that we didn't agree with all of the theology yeah. within the church we were at, which we let the pastor know. And the pastor gave us full permission to tell people like why we were leaving. We chose not to get into it, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't, an, it didn't matter. Right. But um, we didn't want to be those clinging sibyls and cause division. And we're like, God's going to lead people where God leads people. We have yep. to trust that. And so, but I started head covering and I had to go back. You know, because we hadn't left that church. We weren't sure we were in limbo with a lot of things. And um, I had to head cover yeah. that church because I knew that I was called to do yeah. it. Yeah. And so people knew that we were leaving. All of a sudden, Danielle's wearing a head covering. And they're taking very serious these things. This is the kind of church they're going to. Yeah. And so I know that some of this perceived pushback or even my feared pushback, I know that people looked at me and thought, okay, what are they going into? Because it's a cult. Because head covering, at least in our area, Mm -hmm. is very (laughs) anti-cultural. Yeah. And so that's been a struggle for me as well. I mean, I even, I had, actually, you know, I did have actual pushback. (laughs) Do I say it? Um, Okay. So I'm just going to say it because it's my mom and, I, and it's okay. We joke with each other, but we were going to a Christian. Mm-hmm. She's doing quotation marks. Yeah. Concert together. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get into that, but I, I knew I had to head cover. And it was the group of people from my old church. My mom, I picked my mom up mm-hmm. and I was head covering and she was like, you look, you look very Lauren Daigley mm-hmm. with your, you know, your head wrap. And Brandon, before I left, was like, are you going to tell your mom and sister your head covering that that's what that mm-hmm. is? And I was like, uh, no, and you shut your mouth. Because you're <laughs> not going to either. In the most respectful, submissive way, I said. <laughs> As you have your head covering on to remind you that you're... <laughs> I don't think I actually told him that. Okay. <laughs> but I was like, no, and I don't, you're not going to either. Like, yeah. we're not doing this. 
Yeah. Because we just, this is our relationship with my mom. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, when she brought it up, I am like honest to a fault sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, actually it's a head covering. And I'm like, Danielle, what did you just do? <laughs> Why? And there were some jokes made that I'm not going to get into. And she kind of like poked fun at me. And then later she's like, I'm just messing with you. But it was hard because it's like, um, you know, head covering in America, you look like you're maybe Muslim or you're, you know what I mean? Like there's these different sects of people. Yeah. There. Oh, that's a whole soapbox, right? Yeah. So, um, that was some of the pushback with that. Yeah. And then just us taking God's word so, so seriously. Yeah. Like, it's, and it's hard to be like, how do you not? Cause it's okay in America to be a Christian as long as you don't take the word of God seriously. Yeah. The second you do that, it's, it's a cult you're a bigot. and you don't like other people yeah. and don't you're you know evil, that? You're yes. And, and that's hard because even within the most well-meaning relationships, mm-hmm. they're like, you're taking this too seriously. Yeah. Like it's okay to be a part of the world too, because you have to love people in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we are in the world and we're not supposed to be of the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been a hard thing. Yeah. So it's, and it's heartbreaking to me because the pushback that I've gotten or the, you know, severed relationships and things are, I think, truly at the heart of, of me and at them, we both want scripture to be the reigning Right? Yeah. Like, this is the end all be all is what scripture says is what I do. Yeah. And it comes down to how do we interpret these things? And it's very difficult within American culture because everything is so us focused, right? Yeah, it's all through. All these advertisements are focused on me, yeah. how to make me better, how, like, you know, my social media is all about presenting myself, yeah. self branding. Who would have thought about that? 30 years ago, yeah. if you would have said, well, are you, are you, is this on brand for you? Was this post that you made on brand for you? <laughs> That's, we're, we're marketing ourselves all like, the What time. kind of aesthetic are you putting out there? Right. But then <laughs> to have these confessions and these creeds where, you know, hundreds, you know, thousands of years yeah. of church fathers and these theologians have come together and said, okay, look, this is what this means. Right, because we can say, "Well, I love Jesus. Well, I love Jesus too." But who is Jesus to you? What is love to you? <laughs> exactly. There's a reason that we need creeds and confessions. Yeah, and we say the same words, but they mean different things. Yeah. And this is when we get into that idea of Christianese too, where what I'm saying and what somebody else is hearing, it's two different. Because in their church, they they mean it to be this thing and I mean it to be that thing. And we stand there face to face. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. We agree. Good. Shake hands. We each go our separate ways, not understanding what the other person was just advocating for. So when we get down to these confessions, it's not because this person put this idea down outside of the Bible. It's because they went through and these confessions are based on it's just it's just organizing scripture. It's like, what do we believe about communion? Well, here's all the scripture that we have that has gone into our answer, and this is what we believe about communion. And why? Yeah. Here's why. And that's the hard thing is is people look at you like, why are you looking at these documents that are hundreds of years old and quote mm-hmm. unquote worshiping these things? Well, we're not. 
But like the, the sermon I told you I was listening to on the way here, like we have to define what we mean. We do. And our definition of what we mean comes from the word right here. It's Second Timothy, right? Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. This is the ESV translation for anybody. It's like, make me want to cry because that is our inheritance. Yeah. And when we deny, when we when we say that there's no value in learning from our elders or the people who've come before us, like we're standing on their shoulders. Yeah. These things were given to us. Like these things were passed down to mm-hmm. us. You know, and I can't recall the verse right off the top of my head, but it talks about the faith that was in your grandma's mm-hmm. and it's being passed down, like it's in you. And we treasure those things. Mm-hmm. We have our grandparents' Bibles if our grandparents went to church. Yeah. We, you know... We, we, some of us have baptism records or whatever else, and we treasure those things, yeah. and it's our heritage. And Who built this country? I mean, God. But <laughs> right. what people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have a certain people to thank, and why aren't we in the American church? Why aren't we teaching church history? Why? It's important. Yeah. Why aren't we teaching why we believe what we believe? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we taking a serious look at creeds? Yeah. At confessions that actually are breaking down for you. They did the work for us. Yeah. Like, why aren't, why don't we understand these things? Why have these things not made a bigger presence Mm -hmm. in the American church? And I don't know. And every church puts out its own statement of faith, which is really just the, (laughs) maybe they do, which is really just the watered down version of what a confession is, right? Because these people were like, look, we're from we a no confession. Yeah. Yes, we do. We're from a yeah, we're from this church. This church has kind of gone off the rails and we would like to reform and make it better. So here's our confession. Yeah. But then you fast forward to 2022, a confession. I thought it was solo scriptura. Okay, it is. Mm-hmm. This is how like this is how we can look at it. Like this is a systematic way for it to be taught to us. That's like saying that the only thing that matters in reading is the alphabet and then never teaching children how to put them in order and just hoping that somehow they get around to being able to read. There's a systematic way that we go through and teach children how to read. There's a way that we teach ourselves how to do these things. And that's, that's just what this is. And it's beautiful. Yeah. That's a gift. And for us to just, you know, look the other way, it's heartbreaking, but these churches have statements of faith the present day and they say, oh, we believe X, Y, and Z. But well, what is your definition of what you Right. Think? Right. Where do you get? Like, you can quote scripture, but are you also looking at context? Mm-hmm. Are you looking back at the Hebrew and the Greek of what that really means? I feel like I could, I feel like as a challenge, I bet folks could probably look up three different statements of faith from three different styles of churches. And they might say very similar things, but they know because what they know about those churches, yeah. that what they believe is very different than yeah. church B and C, you know. But like church A is different in its own way, even though their words are so similar. Yeah. So, okay, you love Jesus. You love the God of the Bible. Okay, but did you unhitch the Old Testament from the Bible? Right. Does your Bible have the is, Apocrypha? Are you, are, yeah. Do, are you reading out of Maccabees as well? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that, do you tell new believers that, well, just read the New Testament, the mm-hmm. Old Testament, doesn't matter. But there's, the New Testament is full of fulfilled prophecy mm-hmm. and words 
from the mm-hmm. Old Testament covenants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things that matter. Mm-hmm. And um, Are people, where, why do we need to believe in these councils of men? Sir, where did you get your Bible? Like, what? But they don't know. They don't know their history. They don't know the way that God is working through to preserve these things. Yeah. They don't know the means that he's operating through because they don't know their history and they're they're cloistered. And, that's, and I'm not saying that to be judgmental. And I hope the best for them. Yeah. But all of this to say, this pushback is brutal and it cuts me not because of the way that they're treating me. That certainly does hurt at some points and at some levels, but I know that their heart is, they're, they're trying, yeah. they're trying to do the best with what they have and God has to do a work in their heart. And all I can do is give them my answers, pray for them and you know, continue kind of, to just be an, a light and an example. And, and I hope that the friends that you've lost aren't lost. I hope they come back around. I hope it's just on pause. And I hope you're there to, to welcome them one day and you get to see that. You know, one thing God has blessed me with is a horrible memory. <laughs> so when people I love it. or there's a perceived wrong, uh-huh. I'm pretty quick to forgive because I'm just like, I don't really remember the details anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That's a good that's uh-huh. a good way to look at my horrible memory. Oh, I do. I love that. So that's, um, I don't know. I think we'll call this a wrap. And next episode i'm gonna interview <laughs> you all excited over there. i'm so excited i have a thousand and four questions so you're gonna have to give me some parameters about like what's off limits if anything's off limits um i'm gonna interview you about these experiences that you had where you're at now and then i want to hear how tenebra went for you i'm so excited to hear what your impression is of that service so in a few days you'll do it so we'll have to do it after yeah friday so all right well thank you guys for joining us we hope that we didn't go down too many rabbit trails Um, we we just pray that you guys have a blessed week um for us right now it's holy week and so we're looking forward to tenebra and resurrection sunday um and we just we can't wait to connect with you guys again and to continue this journey of building a bigger island with these <laughs> refugees. Yes, all right. Until next time. <laughs>